You know, when I'm reading a book, it's easier to integrate the information into my life because I have all the case study information. I have all the background. I have all the miscellaneous stuff that sort of builds the core message of somebody's book. And just seeing a quote on Instagram or reading a book summary somewhere, like you're not going to get, it's not going to ingrain itself into your subconscious mind. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Nick Hutchison. Nick is the author of Rise of the Reader, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits and Applying What You Learn, and the founder of BookThinkers, a growing seven-figure digital marketing agency that serves mission-driven authors. So, um, Nick, I, I want to stop there. I want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate having you and having you take out the time here. Yeah, Jason, I'm really excited for today's conversation. And I want to throw this out there to anybody who's like reading books. This isn't for me. I was not much of a reader growing up. I only started reading these personal development style business books, you know, all that kind of stuff within the last handful of years. So check out the conversation. I'm excited to see what you want to talk about today and uh, also talk about my why, because I think it's really important. Yeah, awesome. Well, let's start kind of with your background you alluded to it a little bit there Let, let's kind of hear your background what got you into this and and kind of we'll go from there I'm, I'm gonna I'm sure I have lots of questions sure well growing up I was a little bit more of an athlete than an academic so in high school I was a wrestler I played football kind of moving into college I focused I think a little bit more on the gym and playing rec basketball than I did my academics but going into my senior year of college I took an internship with a local software company. I knew that I wanted to work in the world of sales. And so this cool sales opportunity presented itself and I jumped in and very early into that experience, the director of sales at that business introduced me to the world of podcasting. So just like this, where a host would interview a guest and the guest would kind of talk about what they've done to create some level of success in their life. And I had about an hour commute each way to this internship. So I started listening to a lot of these interviews and over and over and over again, I'd listen to somebody give at least some credit to the books that they had read for their success. And I think one day it just hit me like if I'm deliberately choosing not to read these books that condense decades of other people's lived experience into days of potential learning that I'm choosing to live under my potential. And so that was kind of the first aha moment for me, you know, as a late college student, realizing that I can improve my life by reading about other people's life experiences and their specialties and their expertise and stuff like that. And um, so I went to my local Barnes and Noble and I got a couple of books and sort of the rest is history. Yeah, it, it's it's really a great point, actually. The, the <laughs> There's so much, I mean, there's so much... Um, digital content available to people now and you can you can learn a lot but but the the fact is just like you said like these books that are written by you know ultra successful people are really you know the summary of what got them to that point and so you know 
I guess, whether you're reading them by holding the book in your hand or you're looking at a Kindle or you're listening to the audiobook, however, however you best absorb the information, if you're not reading, it, it's you're, you're probably realistically missing out. You're getting maybe clips and pieces of things, but not really the, um, you know, kind of the real story behind it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's important to get the full story. You know, when I'm reading a book, it's easier to integrate the information into my life because I have all the case study information. I have all the background. I have all the miscellaneous stuff that sort of builds the core message of somebody's book. And just seeing a quote on Instagram or reading a book summary somewhere, like you're not going to get, it's not going to ingrain itself into your subconscious mind. You're just going to kind of float surface level. Maybe temp, maybe you'll be temporarily motivated, but like the full book experience is definitely my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So you, you know, you decide that the reading's important. You, you want to, you know, sort of expand that for yourself. Lots of people, I think, you know, either read a lot or, or, you know, some listen to a lot of podcasts or whatever it is, but, but don't necessarily then become authors themselves. Don't necessarily sort of make those next steps to kind of create uh, businesses out of it. So maybe give us a little bit of that, you know, sort of framework, how that looked for you, you know, so you start reading these books and then, then what steps did you take next? Sure. So I start reading these books and I think I only realized this kind of now in hindsight, as I was writing Rise of the Reader, but that company that I started with as an intern, and eventually I took a full-time position with them out of school for a few years, I was selling a software package that would have to be implemented by the companies that purchased it. And so in hindsight, I was trying to think like, why did I take so much action? Why did I spend so much time implementing these books? And I think it's because I was modeling the customer process of the, the company that I was working at. So they would spend anywhere between a few weeks to a few months implementing this software with our training team, practicing, taking notes, repetition, um, trying to fully understand the entire software before they could move on and use it in a live scenario. And here I was spending anywhere between a few weeks to a few months with each one of the books that I was reading, trying to integrate every single action and lesson I could into my life, measure the response. Was it a positive impact? Is this actually having the difference that I was looking for? And I got really hooked on that. You know, Peter Drucker has that line, like what's not being measured can't be managed. And so I was measuring everything at the time and I just got really into it. And I think another reason that that happened for me so fast was because I was in a sales and marketing role and I was reading a lot of sales and marketing books. And the result of those books is quantifiable. If I implemented something into my sales process, would it improve and could I make more money from it? So I always like to kind of joke around with people who tell me that they're not readers. I'm like, well, if I paid you $10,000 to read a book by the end of the month, do you think you could do it? And people kind of laugh and they're like, I think I could read 10, you know? Right. So it's about, are you putting enough value on these books in order to prioritize them and find time in your reading schedule? And then again, back to your question, like why was I taking so much action and implementing them? It's because they're having such an amazing impact on my life. And I think I modeled the behavior of that software customer process. Once I started sharing the books that I was reading online, really as a way to network with other people, connect with like-minded people, that audience started to grow. And often, Authors, the real first successful form of monetization came because authors would reach out and say, Hey, Nick, 
you've got this really cool audience. They look very similar to my target reader for the book. Could I pay you for a book review? And so here I am taking an activity that I was doing for free. Now I'm getting paid yeah. for it. And, um, you know, I would always just end those engagements by saying to these authors, like, hey, I'd love to work in this industry full time one day. Is there anything else that I can help you with as far as book PR, book marketing, podcasting is concerned? Because I love this stuff and I just want to share it with everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's a great you know, transition, I guess, from, from doing something you love and, and enjoy, and then, you know, sort of moving it into a business, your, um, I, that sort of process of, of modeling it after that software implementation makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, probably just for clarity for the listener, we're, we're not talking about fiction books, right? Like this is we're this is more self-development, you know, sort of nonfiction, all of that type of, uh, books or, or maybe I'm wrong, but, but that's kind no, of, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, there's, there's, you know, sort of books, books you read for uh, pure enjoyment. You like the story, whatever it is, but then there's books that, you know, you know, sort of almost looking at it from the uh, standpoint of like a textbook. I think sometimes I, th I think about it with these, with these books, I just got um, Alex Hermosi's new book and I'm like, this is just a textbook. I'm just going to study it and take notes and <laughs> sort of go through it that way. But um so your 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 marketing you know sort of for free at first for these for these books for these authors that you're reading you, you turn that into a business and then obviously kind of grows from there how did you i guess maybe your sales background from that job with software like helped you but how did you kind of grow that business and and um, expand from there yeah, in the very beginning, when I when I think back to some of those early days, there was a lot of ignorance, blissful ignorance, and I think that's what allowed me to take so much action so early on. If if I had realized how hard it was going to be to actually grow a business from this passion of mine, uh, maybe I wouldn't have started, you know. But over the years, I realized that by consistently failing, I could consistently learn. And that through failure comes opportunity and comes adjustment and you can make iterations and change. And so, you know, I'm working with all these authors. I'm figuring out how to position my business. I'm figuring out how to, you know, provide the most value. And it was a roller coaster. I, you know, in Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth Revisited, he says that 95% of small businesses fail in the first five years. And when I look at my business, it failed consistently for the first five years, probably nine or 10 times. And so maybe just like book thinkers is, you know, it's been so many different businesses over time and only one of them has succeeded. I think what's unique about my journey is that I kept that position with the software company much longer than most other people would have. So why do most small businesses fail? I think it's because they run out of money. And uh, they can't stay on that path like long enough. You know, I've heard somebody say that the road to success and the road to failure, they're actually the same road. It's just if you can persevere and move past a few more obstacles and kind of stick with it a little bit longer, you'll find success eventually. And that's what I did. I mean, the business lost money for years and years, but I kept a full-time position through that entire experience that could help support this passion for books. And I mean, to drive the point home even further, Jason, for your audience, I had full-time employees at BookThinkers before I left that job. 
So my side hustle was employing people, doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in business uh, before I was comfortable enough leaving my full-time job. So, you know, it was, um, it was through consistency, you know, it was also by being connected to my why I realized these books have the power to change lives. And I was constantly being reminded of that by my audience. They'd say, Hey, Nick, thank you for recommending this book. I read it. I implemented it. It changed everything. It removed this major problem or it helped me get closer to where I want to be. And so it was like in those tough times where I'm like, is this ever going to be successful? Why am I losing so much money? And then somebody would message me and I would be reminded that I'm connected to a purpose. And I I know why I'm building this business and what it could eventually be if I could find a way to make it successful. And so um, all of that is just to say that, you know, it was, it was a long time before it became successful. And you, you know, I'll, I'll finish out with this. You just mentioned Alex Hormozy. We just had the chance to interview him a couple of months ago. He's an amazing guy. And his first, well, not his first book, but the book before the one that just came out, $100 million offers, Mm -hmm. that book, I mean, it doubled my business almost overnight in terms of revenue. And it added a lot of profit points too. So what an amazing example of how a business owner can read a book, go through the exercises, implement the book. And that $20 book in a few hours of, of my time created, again, additional hundreds of thousands of dollars in business. So look at that ROI. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think some of the things you just talked about there are like really great points for people, you know, looking to get into uh, entrepreneurship or start a business or, you know, you know, even with the the quote about you know, 95% of businesses fail within the first five years. Uh, I think you're probably right. A lot of it is because people run out of money. They may run out of just the ability to keep going when it, like maybe maybe they have the money somehow they're supported, but they just it's after five years, they kind of give up. So I think that that's probably a big part of why that, you know, sort of five year time horizon comes into effect. But I think that the that it's true people run out of money. And so, you know, in a lot of times in an effort to maybe escape that W-2 job, people leave too quickly and don't have, you know, kind of a backstop there. But ultimately, you know, when you are in the early phases of a business, this is exactly how it's going to be, right? You're going to have to, you're going to lose money. You're going to, I mean, and if you, you can even look at the the big companies and, and I don't know like the exact numbers, but, you know, there are numbers that are big companies like, like Uber comes to mind that, have are losing millions of dollars like all, all the time and yet they're valued at you know several billion dollar company and so it is it, kind of there a lot of it is is you know sort of forward thinking like what what is this going to look like in the future how is how it just like you know how is this going to change the world how's my business gonna gonna change the world how is it going to positively impact people and believing in that and kind of kind of sticking it out and and finding it a way to you know kind of make it work and keep it afloat until until that you know that switch flips and now you're suddenly uh, on the other side of that where it's like you're in in growth <laughs> above uh you know zero there's there's growth below zero and then there's that growth above zero and i think you know once you switch to that positive side it's it's uh 
then it becomes that's the the magic that people see on social media and and you know sort of read about and everything and it's like that is actually i think one of the coolest things about you know what alex hermosi he talks a lot about you know how hard it was in the beginning and you know what he and layla had to do to kind of dig out of some holes and things that happened and it's like i th i think that's just as an entrepreneur it's it's good to hear that not that i want other people to have failures but it's good to see that it happened to them too and now look where they are so you kind of use that as you know an inspiration yeah 1000% and another lesson from alex is nothing is as fancy as it seems right so even somebody as polished as alex hormozy when we got on the podcast with him he was fumbling around with his mic and he couldn't figure out the computer audio situation. And like he had somebody on his team come over and help him and he had to move locations. And it's like, you're watching somebody who's so incredibly successful fail for a short period of time, 30 seconds at something that's so simple. And, um, you know, Alex is very vulnerable about how long it took for him to be, well, how long he's in his mid thirties. Um, but you know, how long it took him to become successful and how much pain he had to endure. And it, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Evan Carmichael is he says, your purpose comes from your pain. And so it's by talking about the vulnerable things, by talking about your journey that you can help positively impact other people. And, um, you know, I think it's really important to take the superhero cape off and, for entrepreneurs to pretend, you know, to stop pretending like it's all perfect all the time and talk about how difficult it was when they were first starting their business. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I think it, I think it helps other people too. I think it just, you know, and, and I mean, I guess maybe it helps yourself <laughs> talking yeah, about both. it and, yeah. and acknowledging <laughs> it. And, and the, but yeah, I think it, it's, uh, as I have faced things in, in my business, it's been helpful to sort of talk to other people that have, been in similar positions and then see that, okay, yes, you get through this. There's, there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel, that kind of thing. Um, so, so Nick, where do you go from here? What, what's kind of your um, next steps, your ambition, your, your goals that you're looking at over, you know, end of 2023 into 2024? Well, as book thinkers continue to grow, I had a lot of people reach out to me through our Instagram audience. That's kind of our main community. And they'd say some variation of, hey, Nick, I appreciate all of these book recommendations. It looks like you're having a great time applying them, but I'm having a tough time applying them. Like, what are you doing to take action? How do I take this information and translate it into results? And I would always try to answer those people with a voice note or maybe even jump on a Zoom call and chat about it for a few minutes. But I felt like I was underserving those people in a way because I was doing so much more than what I was capable of articulating, but also articulating in a small period of time or through the format that I was responding. And so I decided to write this book, Rise of the Reader. And I had to look at my own behavior almost like from a third party perspective and say, what am I doing? Like, why am I able to read Alex's book and turn it into additional business, whereas most people that read it have a tough time taking action? And so what I did over the last couple of years was develop a bunch of frameworks, uh, recommendations, best practices for effective note taking, setting intentions for the books you're reading, how to retain more from each book, how to build an accountability group, um, how to build an activity tracker, how to measure results. 
Um, so that's why I decided to write this book, Rise of the Reader, so that I could almost go back and like serve the younger version of myself who was super motivated. I knew there was a difference between where I was and where I wanted to go, but I didn't know the best way to get there. And so there's an opportunity cost to all of the first books that I read. I was taking action, but I've learned so much since then. So that's a big focus of mine. And then as far as the business of book thinkers goes, you know, we've grown from a couple of people on the team. Now we have 10 people on our team. We serve hundreds of authors a year. We just hosted our first event ever, which is why my voice is a little bit scratchy. Um, a couple of days of fun with all of our clients and everything. So um, I'm going to wrap this up with maybe an interesting response. I don't want my future to look any different than it looks today. Like I'm very present. I love my life. I enjoy the passage of time. I'm super connected to my why. I've built a life of, of purpose. I've outsourced, automated, delegated, or eliminated um, anything that doesn't bring me energy. So as a business owner, I can kind of be in a state of flow and, and be doing things that bring me energy, like having cool conversations like this. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to do more of the same. I want to give more. I want to receive more. I want to give more. I want to receive more. And I just want the impact that Book Thinkers has, which is spreading the positive power of personal development style books. I just want that to be as big as possible and help people overcome problems. So um, that was a lot, but hopefully that helped a little no, that's bit. Great. That's great. No, it's, uh, it's fantastic. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I think ultimately that's where people like that's that's the goal of entrepreneurship and business ownership and all of that is is to get to a point where where you are in that sort of position where and and, and I don't think that means correct me if I'm wrong I don't think that means you don't want to grow anymore I think that just means you're in a good place now you like the the feel of it and you just kind of want to continue and and whatever growth continues you know keeps that feeling of, of of the space that you're in now so i think that's a, a pretty um pretty great spot to be in yeah progress is one of my core values and for me to enjoy the passage of time i have to be making progress in my health in my wealth in my happiness in my impact my relationships and so but there there also is kind of this idea of enough. Like if you're, this is what, let's see if I can articulate this. Cause you bring up a good point. I'll try to find a way to say it. There's this funny thing about entrepreneurship or reading personal development books where there isn't a feeling of enough, but the whole point is the feeling of enough. And so, yeah, I feel like what I'm doing is enough. That's the whole point. It's the whole point of reading these books is to get to the point where you go, Oh, my future doesn't look super different from my present moment. And if I didn't experience this, then the books aren't working because I've read and implemented hundreds of them, right? Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting point you bring up. And I'm just, I'm confident enough, I guess, to say that like, I have enough of everything right now. It doesn't mean that can't go away. I have to be super grateful for it every single minute. And I need to continue to make progress because that's a core value. But like, more isn't necessarily going to be better. It's just going to help impact more people. Yeah, that's a, what you said there at the end. That's exactly it. That's the so you get to that point, and it and I've that's like one been one of my favorite things about the podcast is like talking to people 
you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, people in real estate, where it's like, you know, maybe they even come from a difficult past and sort of, so they, you know, the first step is get themselves out of that difficult past and they get to a position of, of being in that comfort space. And then, but like, as you said, like growth is a part of kind of, I think everybody that, that starts a business gets into entrepreneur, like that's why they, you know, a lot of it is, is because they want that feeling of growth and, and, you know, sort of expansion within themselves. But then when you get to that point of enough, then you're like, okay, well, how am I going to use this to impact? And it, and then it, it then just becomes fun, right? Then it just becomes like, that's where it's really enjoyable and, and being at, in that position to, to, to make a difference <clears throat> in whatever capacity that means for you, right? It, you know, some, some people, it means time spent doing things. Sometimes some people, it means, means donating money, wh- whatever it is to just, you know, teaching wh- whatever the case may be. But I think it's, it's, getting to that point is, is fantastic. So, so, I mean, congratulations to you being, being there. Um, you're young, you've got lots of time to, <laughs> to enjoy it. So that's awesome. Um, well, Nick, I'll, I'll switch gears here and, and uh, ask you the questions that I ask every guest. And I think, you know, the first one is always, what is your why? And, and you've, you've touched on it here um, a bit, but I want to give you the chance to kind of expand um, if there's anything else you want to add to that. Yeah, my my favorite framework that I've read so far uh, for finding your why comes from Evan Carmichael's book, Built to Serve. And he has this who, why, how framework. So your who is like your main core value. What's the value that you're providing to this world? What really kind of makes you fulfilled? And so for me, that's progress. It really is. It's progress. It's taking action. It's creating impact. Whenever I'm able to do that for myself or for other people, I feel fulfilled when I go to bed at night. Um, so who, why, how the, why again, purpose comes from your pain. Like I was in a very, we didn't touch on it too much, but I was in a very confusing spot in my late teens, early twenties, had a lot of ego related issues. Also had a lot of insecurity related issues together. They just created this really confusing reality for me. And I was able to remove a lot of ego, remove a lot of insecurity and build a more fulfilling life by reading personal development books. And so who do I want to serve? My younger self. I want to serve young, motivated, confused professionals who know they're capable of doing more, but they're not really sure how to get there. I want to connect those people to the right books, right? So my purpose comes from my pain. I want to help those people because these books helped me. And then there's the how. Right now it's book thinkers, my business. It's our communities, millions of impressions a month helping people connect with the right books, but it's also by supporting authors behind the scenes with our different author marketing services, helping them uh, amplify their message and get the right book in the right hands at the right time. Because for me, that's what it's all about. So by defining my purpose and being able to articulate it, hopefully that was kind of clear, being able to articulate it helps other people root for me more efficiently, connect me with other people that can help amplify my mission in life. And so I think it's been a really important thing to articulate my why and, and you know, the how piece can change a little bit, but the who and the why, those are locked in in his framework and it's been really useful for me. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Um, tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge special skill, hobby, anything um, that you're comfortable sharing just to let listeners know you better. 
Yeah. If I didn't have a book company, I'd have a travel company. <laughs> so my favorite thing in the world is traveling internationally. I've spent time in about 25 different countries over the last five or six years with my now wife, Rachel, we just got married. And um, sometimes for up to a few months at a time. And so I think personal development, one way to develop yourself is by reading books. I think another way is by traveling internationally, especially to a country that doesn't speak your first language. So I've consistently embraced discomfort uh, and had a lot of crazy, wacky situations that created a pit in my stomach, but I can now laugh about you know, in places where they don't speak my language and I don't speak theirs and I'm at restaurants or trying to get, you know, a taxi or in a hotel and I can't check in, like all those things, they're just so amazing. And um, they all come from traveling. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, traveling is uh, <laughs> something I have not done nearly as much as I would like to have not, not seen uh, a large part of the world, but it's like whenever we do, now we've got young kids, it's just like, it's, it, with the kids, it's even better. It's like, it's harder because <laughs> you have to keep keep track of them, but it's just it's so rewarding to see you know sort of just differences, even even within the U.S. differences in different parts of the country and things like that. But yeah, no, I, I love yeah. it. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? I would love for people to head over to Book Thinkers. It, it's spelled just like it sounds: Book Thinkers on Instagram. And if anybody would like a personalized book recommendation, please feel free to reach out to me. So one of my favorite things to do is sort of play like book matchmaker, like DM me on Instagram at bookthinkers, a problem you're currently facing, or maybe a skill set that you want to improve. And I'll probably ask a few follow-up questions, but I'll make a book recommendation and I'll even try to follow up with you in a few months. So that's open to anybody, Jason, in your audience. Um, that's the best place to connect with me. And then the book itself, Rise of the Reader, you can just type that into Amazon or type in Nick Hutchison. Um, maybe Jason, I'll send you the links. You could throw them in your show notes and uh, you can check out the book there. And this book will helpfully, will hopefully help you get more out of the other books that you read. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll put all that in the show notes so people have it and they can reach out to you directly. Um, Nick, the, the last question I usually ask is, uh, what would you what advice you give to someone who's who's looking to get started and usually it's it's usually it's re real estate related or business related but um you know may, maybe i'll i'll let you take it in whatever direction you want but you know whether that's someone who's looking to um find the value in in reading more or, or you know kind of maybe it's business owners but but I'll, I'll let you take it in whatever direction you want as far as you know someone who's who's listening to you and getting a little bit of a, a paradigm shift here, what, what would you tell them? Yeah, there's a Napoleon Hill quote that I love. It says, action is the real measure of intelligence. And so it's by taking action. And so we kind of save this for the end, but I'll throw it in there, Jason. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki very early in my journey and decided that I wanted to invest in some multifamily properties. And I have two. I'm a part owner of two with a couple of my friends, a four unit and a three unit. I took action immediately. I didn't know anything about the space. I just know, I just knew like I wanted to create a little bit of passive income for myself and I had the ability to, to invest. And as a result, being able to network as somebody who is a real estate investor, you know, works in the space a little bit, uh, it's opened so many doors and it, it happened by taking action. 
So remember, just action is the real measure of intelligence. Imperfect action is better than no action at all. And it's by acting and failing that you will learn. So that's what I'd like to say is just whatever you want to do, whatever action you want to take, go do it. It doesn't need to be perfect. And you're going to learn a lot from it. Yeah, it's fantastic advice. Um, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for coming and sharing your story. Uh, I think this will be really interesting to our listeners and I'm sure they'll be be hitting you up for those book recommendations. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Jason. All right, folks, I know you're going to love this episode. Please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests like Nick and make sure you check out his book. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why?